Welcome to another episode of the Westmatch Guys. Today we have Joe. I'm John. Again, we're doing our two people episode, so we're going to kick this off with a topic me and John are pretty interested in trying to figure out what the best way to handle it, and that is keeping players on track, otherwise known as, please do what I prepped. God damn it, I spent three hours on this. Anyway. (laughs) Best way we can put this to the world is... Obviously, we always talk to our players beforehand, or at least try to, putting ideas in their heads or asking what they want to do. I found that when I was running my original West March campaign early on, early, early on, it was really hard to try and get them to give me anything. It was always, what do you guys want to do? And they're just, I don't know, doesn't matter, something, whatever you want. And I would always be just, just tell me, I will build the session for you, whatever, whatever you want. John has a, a way better way of handling this, so I'm going to let him. No, it still happens because you get the, who wants to, who wants to do this? Meh. You guys have a ton of stuff in your backstory that we haven't worked out yet. Any ideas? Blank stares. Granted, I've given like, I have hints that I can give out through Facebook and all the rest. I've created the newspaper that has a bunch of, you know, short stories in it that at any time a player can go, hey, what's that? Find yes. out. I, you know, you do the occasional messages that go out to certain players of, everything you want to do or you know you give them the, the random an npc comes to your door blah 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 easiest answer in my game is ravnica has guilds and well, you just got assigned a guild mission guess what who's do you want to do today and that's probably that might be something that's really good in terms of when you're starting to do a west march campaign and set it up so that they don't have a choice maybe especially if you have players who are very indecisive i found that that's a lot of times kind of how i always handled it is just all right, guys, you show up at the game, and here's what we're going to do. It's funny when you have the NPC that nobody says no to. And it's great to try to like push that button. <laughs> uh, and you have the party that just accepts anything that happens to them. Hey, this very weird-looking stranger walks up to you and says, you're going to go rob the bank for me. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? And I did it. I just, I just did it. I put a very you know weird person in front of them that demanded that they go do this or else. And they completely bit it hand over foot and i'm just like you guys can say no and i know you don't want to say no because i really want you to say no to see what happens when you say no it, yeah there's that fear and it's for me i try not to put too much of the fear in the players because i want them to keep like <laughs> it is it's that option of like you got this is your game i have ideas in my head and i have a grand story arc that is eventually going to play out no matter what you guys do but it could just end up being a background thing that drives other aspects. Like you have backstories. You've all sent me multiple page backstories as to what you want your character to become. I'm going to work that in, but what do you want to do today? And always the wonderful question of, all right, you're leaving on me to plan this. What do you do when they don't do it? (laughs) I think that's the driving point of this whole episode, at least for the next talk is I've developed this eight tier dungeon that, you know, and you guys want to go everywhere else but there. <laughs> For me, if I put a lot of time into something, they don't have a choice. 
once I've decided that, okay, this is the session's going to be, it's to the point where they just start at it. I don't know how many times I've been like, all right, we're going to do a dungeon today. So I'm going to have you start at the entrance to the dungeon. And you've already been given the mission. You've already accepted it, whether you did or not. And we're going to start the mission and start right with combat. Just blow it all up and bing, bang, boom. I mean, forcing their (laughs) hands is one easy way to do it. You can attempt them. You know, once again, NPC that offers great rewards is there's a dungeon over there with a thousand gold in it. (laughs) They're going there, guaranteed. That's the best way to get them to do anything, to be honest. If you just say there's gold or there's resources or there's a favor or there's magic magic items, instantaneous. I mean, of course, it it always helps if, you know, you, you know it's coming and you know the player that you're waiting to say it is when you just have an NPC talk to them and asking them for help and it's coming. It's what's in it for us. You have the option of responding with that or not. And just, there's a powerful item in that cave. They're going. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. Blah, blah, blah. They're probably going to do something else. However, I have a wonderful pension of, I love free will. I love, do what you guys want in my game. However, I have the opportunity to change anything at any time. And, oh, I really wanted you to go to that dungeon. You're not going to that dungeon. You're going into that shop. All right, cool. You go into the shop. You all fall asleep. You wake up in the dungeon. <laughs> or you go into the shop. Shop's actually the dungeon. Yeah, Just yeah. FYI. Because <laughs> yeah. that's another thing. It's like having the dungeon planned and then they go to a different area and it's like, oh, there's a cave. I yep. just move the map over. Yep. Put some rock walls on it instead of... Yep. All right, cool. Yep. We're now in the dungeon. I, I think that which brings us to... All right, that's them getting to the cave. And what do you do when they're in the cave? They're purposely stalling, saving their resources. Well, let's sleep. Let's not go into the next room. Let's sleep. And, and you know, you're, we're on a three-hour time limit. It's a West March. We're, the whole point is to get the end of the mission by the end of the campaign. I've extended it. I've let them go through. But I, I know you have certain ways that you cheat the system so for me it's always i'll just adjust the dungeon especially if they haven't seen the whole thing yet or i'll adjust what is in the dungeon a lot of times i don't put my monsters i have my monsters in that i want them to fight on my notes and where they are going to appear in the dungeon but i don't put them already in it on roll 20 i don't usually put the characters into the rooms to start i'll either have them off to the side or in my little like cue bar thing I, I think that's one of my faults is like I've had it and you can and the players know they're there and the players are like yeah not going over there and fog of war is a thing but you can only do so much exactly and it goes away it it's so hard to keep it up and still have them be able to have any idea of what's existing I wish there was like a faux fog of war where they kind of see what's ahead but not I really. wish there was a way that you could center it on the people and as they moved it would reveal what their line of sight is. That would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. So they couldn't see around corners. So as you said, you know, you, you kind of save it. I, however, have always grown up on the systems of you guys are camping in a dungeon. Stuff's coming to you. Yes, I you agree. Know, depending on the big bad, if you can fit through the door in the archways or, you know, the it, it's always, oh, you guys are camping in the dungeon. Hmm, group of goblins coming for you. Here we go. I don't know how many times they do that with the baddie, the big baddie monster at the end whatever it ends up being because either we're running out of time or because they're they've gone to every room but the room i needed them to go to because that's the one that i put too many pads in it or i'll just either have them show up maybe they piss someone off and they went running that's always my favorite is that way it doesn't it makes sense you didn't kill everyone in the room one took off away they tried to catch him maybe they didn't maybe they did it also adds to combat as you're dealing with stuff and someone disappears and now it's like oh shit do we split the party? Do we chase them? Do we, what about, oh shit. 
So there's that. And then if they do very easily, who are they going to get? But the guy who can deal with this problem, the big one, and he just shows up. It takes away from layer actions, if that's what you're looking for. But usually those are only for... If I'm doing something with layer actions, they're going to show up very close to where they need to be anyway. You've gone from a bigger dungeon to... (laughs) This is the one room for a reason. Yeah, because you hiked up to the dragon's lair and now you're going to fight the dragon. That's going to be the rest of the session. So, yeah, And then your players camp outside and go, now we're going to make him come to us. Exactly. The dragon's like, what the fuck? I don't want to deal with that shit. I don't need you. Which, of course, as a wonderful con, is rolling with it. Do you? I try to, as much as I can. I always like the idea of yes, and or no, but the whole, I guess, what is it? Spectrum of answers? No, it's the it's improv. Improv. That was the word I was looking there, for. There it is. I'm gonna cut some of that silence. Well, out I don't, so I don't consider it improv. It. I consider it off the cuff, but I guess it's the same thing. Improv is a, a big thing in improv is yes and. So if some to keep the story going is always yes and. So it's something that kind of gets I've heard it used for role play and I try to use it. So when a player asks something, there you do like I do yes and or no but. So there's never like a solid no or yes. It's keeps the story moving. So if they, yeah, if they ask to do something, I try or try to change it. I try to roll with it as much as, and that'll just save my plans for later. <laughs> save your plans for later is a thing. Like I said, I, I believe in the free will and I love backup plans. I have eight maps ready for any moment. You know, it's like, oh, you guys are going over here? Is it a house? Okay, I got a house. We're good. I have none. I what, 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 what do session. I want to throw? What do I want to throw in it? But it's also the idea of it's off. It's off the cuff. It's I have to suddenly make things up and go with it. And it has happened almost every game that I've ran so far. And it's great that nobody really finds it. Or if they do, you can tell. I'm sure you guys get a, somewhat of a knowledge. The problem I have with it is remembering the stuff that I made up because it's yeah. not written down. And it's mm-hmm. not. And I'm not going to sit here while we're all playing and go type, 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 type. And you guys can be like and hold up combat or hold up any of the role play while I'm like, you're going to take notes, guy. What's going on? That's that's what I that's what I'm doing when people are role playing amongst the party. That's why I love to let that go. If people start chatting, I'm just like, yeah, no, that's great, that's good. Keep keep talking. I'm paying attention. I swear. Type 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 type. What like Mike's muted. Type type type. Yeah. Putting all the things down. Or when I played in person, I always had a notepad in front of me and I'd scrawl rough notes on it with NPC names and stuff. And I think that would be easier because like scrawling like in front of me behind the DM screen might be one thing. Um, at least we have the benefit of like recording the zooms and the the sessions. But I've also realized that I have to go back through three hours of recording. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I want to do on a Friday night is just listen to the session, not just to enjoy it, but to try and find that five seconds of when I said the NVC name, where they're from. Yep. Oh, I I love doing the, like, I've just started testing some of the players where it's like, yeah, that guy you talked to. And they're like, Greggy? I was like, that one. For me, I do, I am all about relying on the players to give me information back because they're playing the same game I'm playing. If they have it, tell me. I'll ask them. To just <laughs> I'll just be like, I don't remember their name. Does anyone remember their name? No. All right. What's their name? Yep. And then usually and the names change. Yeah. And and it's funny trying to develop contacts with the people in Ravnica. And it's just like, who's your contacts? I don't know. You didn't give them a name. Pick one. Yes, I did. You don't remember? <laughs> but you know that that's backup plans and rolling with it. Then again, we all we have alternative means. Um, you always have that player that kind of like you want to like poke and instigate. What do you want to do? How often do you keep trying to initiate with that player? The quiet one, the one that's sitting around the entire campaign. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's that hard. And 
trying to find that person who is not necessarily engaging in the current story. What do you want to be doing that can make you engage more? How can I make this work for you so that you can have some time in the spotlight? Because I hate when people aren't involved that look like they want to be involved. Like when they give you that look and you can see it on the camera and you're like, you want to say something, but you don't know what, or you have a backstory and like, uh. (laughs) yeah, you have a reason for what you want to do. What is it? Exactly. And especially shy people, it's really hard to get them to kind of come out of their shell, giving them the opportunities to. And I will say, if they do start coming out and another player starts to step on them, I will immediately crush that other player and I'll be just be like, shut up. You talk yeah. plenty. It's, yeah, it's always fun watching the like, the really one that has not done any role play so far give in and, and they just try to join to help. And it's just like, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. It's, and it, you know, they're doing it with purest intentions of like, great, you're doing it. I'm going to build you up. And then they start talking to the shy ones. Just like, just or, or the other, uh, or the other horrible problem is when somebody does something finally and everybody else just looks completely shocked on video. Like it's happening. <laughs> and then just the mouth closes. Player, t- I would love to rehash. Like, I'm gonna make you watch the Matt Coville player types YouTube. It's for me. It's I always see it all the time. Whenever and I talked about oh, it. Like, I'm sure I, we could just name the names of that we see it. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's funny because people are stereotyped. I'll admit that I'm the quiet one when I play. Once again, rogue. So you know, everybody has that brooding backstory, and I'm just an emo little edge lord for days, right? Yeah, yeah edge lord. <laughs> I guess that's the thing. But you have the idea of I'm gonna but I'm going to do it in my own way. And it's funny where it's just like, in current campaign, I'm a changeling. That That's my hook. I'm not going to do it constantly. Somehow the whole party knows it. I know. And I'm just like... You've so never changed in the front time. of them. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't. But I'm just going to do the whole thing of just like, yeah, I guess you guys know. All right, I'm going to do it every camp. I'm going to do it every every opportunity. And I just like, but. Uh, I know. That's the worst. Is You have something and you want it to be a secret. It's not. Well, like, not, it's not necessarily a secret, but it's just like a background hook. It's the idea that if anybody knew, it's a, there's a reason, or they should die. <laughs> right. You know? Okay, well, uh, you're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know? Been... Good thing I'm a rogue. Yeah, that's what sneak attack's for. Anyway. <laughs> we're, we're getting off track. But still, initiating with that side player that has a hook that you want to develop. How do you push that forward into your campaign? So I try to build almost a whole arc for them if I can. That's something I'm always trying to do is, I mean, people put all of his work in their backstories. So I try to take what they give me and start slicing, dice into a million pieces and then start intersecting it into all of the rest of the campaign. And it works so well. I A lot of my missions are very broad-based because it's the West March. So I never quite know who's going to show up. But I also, if I have people who commit early, Especially if that, that's a big thing for me. If you commit early to a session, then the session is going to be more about you than the person who shows up at the last minute. Exactly. So that's the big thing is I try to intersperse their stuff. And once their things come up, I try to make it very clear that it is their thing. So hopefully they bite on it. Um, I mean, I even did the mini sessions for downtimes. I mean, we did um, Xander's surgery for his spine. And I was like, and it was, that was really just the, these are the things that we can do. This is his. Who wants? Yeah. And w- I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I want to do something. Crickets. And I'm just like, guys, it's such a great idea too, because that's something I don't do, but I want to do more of. But it is it's like you do it. All right, we got it. This is it. Everyone, come on. Yep. But then we're but then we're going into just other topics of you still have to put that into the game that you want to play. We we know that we're a West March, but we have an overarching story. 
that's the big thing. It's there is an or there is a storyline. There is an arc. How do you add those plot hooks necessary to what the players decide to do through that week without stifling that adventure? Do you do you drop little crumbs for your current campaign on where you need them to go, or at least for the future? I try. That's usually usually I try to put like some sort of crumb in every session so that there's something for them to nibble on. And a lot of times, to be honest, I try to make it almost so subtle they don't even pick up on it, and then. I'll reference it six, 10, 12 sessions from now and see if they remember. And that's how it, it starts feeling like it. I do less of the like, I'm trying to build it as we go, more of looking back, you see things and you're like, wait, that's what it was there for? That, that's what that was? I joke with a couple of players that I've dropped, I think in my like 15 plot hooks right now. And they're different. There's, not, there's like three overarching stories that I want for my campaign. I want to try not to spoil a few of them. But it's the idea like, they're all interconnected. <laughs> And it's funny that nobody's picked up on it yet. I haven't. Yeah. But I, and I'm trying, and I haven't yet. And, and like one of the last sessions, somebody kind of like rolled through some of it. But I was just like, come on, guys, notice it. And I love the, like you said, the subtly breadcrumbs, because I don't want you to notice it until like 10 weeks from now, when I just say something off and you're just wide eyes happen. And you're like, wait, what? Exactly. That's the thing is, you don't want them, you want them to pick up on it, but you don't want them to pick up on it. Yeah. But it's also the idea of like, well, today we're doing, we're helping Lintu get her wings. How, how am I going to implement that the war is coming while she's just going to see a surgeon? <laughs> I've, I've struggled that where I'll build a session because either I'm rushing or because they were like, we want to go kill an owl bear. Okay, you guys can go kill an owl bear. How am I going to give you that the war is getting worse while you're hunting an owl bear in the forest alone? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well some soldiers are going to walk through the woods and they're going to be hurt exactly. again random ideas you just got to think and throw out exactly it's it's so hard to just to keep it and then to do that on the fly if they don't follow your plan makes it even harder so i think the only thing i have a problem with like think, thinking on, on the fly is crap i need to suddenly look up stats I will say that is the one upside to using books is I usually have my books like right next to me. So if you ever see me looking off camera, it's this like, because yep. mine is, if you ever see me looking to the top left of the screen, I'm <laughs> typing in the address bar to bring up the monster <laughs> manual on D and D beyond. I will say online does make it slightly easier because I have the internet literally at my fingertips. So yep. Yep. Yeah. you have no, you have no many ideas or my favorite. And I'll admit I'm a newish DM to fifth edition. And there's a couple spells that I go, what does that do to where I'm just like, Oh yeah, it does 4d6 plus 2. Yep. That was something I always did was looking up spells. I had an app on my phone when we were at a table and now I always look it up because people tell me spells and I'm like, that's a spell. Shit, hold yeah. on. Let yep. me make sure you're using it right. Because... Exactly. I believe in trust to the players, but I also believe... <laughs> no. <laughs> trust but verify. That is yeah, the... Yeah. <laughs> it's not um, that I don't believe you. I just want to make sure you're using it correctly because some of these spells are so specifically written or you just overlook the fact that it has an hour casting cost instead of a six second casting that, cost. That's where I, I mean, even as a player, that's where I fall. It's like, I want to cast this. And just the DM looks and goes, what? I was like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's like very small print on a character sheet that says one HR. I was like, yeah, exactly. It's one of those, especially if it's a spell you never used before, you just got it at your new level. Like I totally get it. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I will say in terms of stats, you just need to memorize the entire monster manual job. Entire monster <laughs> manual, entire DMG, entire spell lists. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I used to have an eidetic memory like that. <laughs> Beer. <laughs> <laughs>
having looked at the monster manual so much, I know there's monsters in there. I never remember their stats, but I'm like, I know it exists. Hold on, let me find it. And it's funny because the monster manual exists. And then I discovered this wonderful book called Mordecai and Toma Foes and the Fiend Folio. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, there's just so much more. And they keep adding. It's fantastic. I, I honestly just prefer to go to D&D Beyond and go, search by CR. There are five. Here we go. Perfect. Based on environment, yeah, search filters. What can I throw at them while they're walking down a road? Yeah, because doing that in the books is a pain in the ass. Because you have to, the monster manual doesn't have where the monsters are located in a table. You have to go to the DM's manual and do that and then flip back to the monster manual. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) I think free talk. What is your worst fail? Like a a session that you planned and didn't go the way you wanted? Oh, God. I'm going to put you on the spot. My worst failure in terms of not having them follow a prep does not prepping count no um well then, you know, i guess i guess so like not prepping and then not planning it well like something you had completely wanted that this was the goal and that they just nope god oh this is a tough one it it's, it's not even that i don't it's, it's not that i even want to not say my failures because absolutely i would show all of them it i think that it can't be that bad though then if you know like you can't think of it i think the thing is, is i always shove it down their throat that's <laughs> So there's never a chance for them to not do it. I mean, Which, you know, maybe the, that's worse. That's a wonderful story of somebody throwing two bag of holdings into each other and killing the big dragon immediately into a black hole. I've had plenty of times where they've whomped a creature that I expected to take the entire session. And it just, that was it. It was just like, well, okay, so what do you guys want to do now? You go back Aww. to town? We're going to go shopping. All right, great. Perfect. I have one, and it's the stereotypical why of having a bard in the party. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all know, you know, have a big thing planned, have a quest giver, have a local town, have going to a castle, meeting a couple people, eventually finding the big vampire. Here's your mission. Please go kill, as a joke, Lord Dracula. That wasn't his name at the time. I don't even remember. But it was just, okay, cool. Quest giver, what do I get if I get, what if I get if I do it? Well, you'll get, you'll get, you know, I don't remember what the reward, but it was something great. It was like a sword and things. He's just like, I want to seduce them and just make them give it to me anyway. Roll. Not 20. And the quest's over. <laughs> and I'm like, no. That's so... But, but it's oh a not 20. No. <laughs> and I rolled with it. I was just like, all right, cool. She falls madly in love with you and gives you the things that goes, you could indeed these. Take these. And they proceeded to, nope, right out, right out of town. Let's see. That's, for me, that is immediately... I'll let, you, I'll let you finish. Fun fact to bards, and once again, I am the asshole DM, and I will make you eat every problem and crow that happens. I treat making think people fall in love with you entirely different. She gave you <laughs> gifts. You left her town. She's hunting you. She followed you. She became your stalker. She does not want you talking <laughs> to anybody else. She cannot see the sight of you in your party. Guess what she's suddenly doing? <laughs> that's great. See, I was thinking the opposite of, I guess not the opposite, but basically, okay, so that vampire is not dead. He's going to show up. He's going to do something to the party that really pisses you guys off. Like, oh, you have a parent? Funny, they're gone missing. I don't know why. Oh, vampire took them. Weird. That's a, that's a funny topic in the South Marshes right now. But yes, once again, plot hooks. But the I, whole idea of, I don't even think the vampire came around, but she became the big bad. No, that's great. She became the assassin that was silently taking out the party one by one. Oh, we're going to go to the bar and get drunk. Cool. You guys just drinking? Yep. Who's buying the beers? One person raises their hand. All right, cool. Bartender serves them up. Oh, I'll have the waitress bring them over to me. <laughs> and there you go. Everybody roll contracts. One of them's poisoned. <laughs> That's fantastic. Turn up, turn up. You just skipped 
five hours of a campaign in a level like a level 18 big bad and just doff i love that and that's this is why players are terrified to do their own things but i love the idea of the scorned lover becoming the big bad not the vampire what's it like i said uh i love bards and i love i love that people always play bards as i'm just gonna get whatever i want because i have a high charisma <laughs> feel free you'll get it i'll get you later yeah exactly okay exactly what you wanted nope. you want all this attention now you have it now you can't go anywhere it's like being famous eventually you get so famous that you can't go down to starbucks because well exactly off. but it's the same thing once again it's the same idea of your party your party is in the world long enough they'll be recognized that's the thing it's supposed to be what a level like 10 you're now considered heroes or recognized on a grander scale or something it's either heroic or notorious yeah. Yeah. So that's that was a big thing, especially when players were getting high levels. That was something I did. They started getting high levels. Eventually, one of them started getting assassin attempts because he was stepping on someone's turf. So, yep. It's stuff I'm looking forward to in the future. Pushing the campaign in Ravnica is just how, how far I want to just throw things at them. But it's also the idea of the higher level you are and the more the party does things, they're going to get noticed. Guilds are going to try to be like, we're going to knock you down a peg. Stop it. Yeah, Especially if there's one guild. Your guild and only your guild. We don't like that. No, because we're we're lowering in our in our statures. N- nope. My question for you is: What is the time when the players far exceeded your original plan and took it in a direction that you a direction you had planned for, but never expected them to solve it that way? I guess maybe the bard would be a good example of that, but like in a more positive, uh, like like solving a puzzle or the the like the whole quest. Yeah. I might have to think on that one. I'll, I'll start I'll start with mine because it was I wasn't a DM, I was a player, and it was just a we were JT was DMing and we were trying to get into a water plane and there was a vortex thing that was the party ended up just going straight for it and Machi ran out of ran out of the boat because she was a monk and she was high enough level and she could run on water and then rolled like four natural twenties in a row to like run backwards and turn the thing off or something and it, we ended up getting to the it was great it, I, I that one always sticks out in my head as we did exactly what they wanted but in the total like he had probably planned this whole thing of how we were gonna have to, I don't know check our way down into it and it was just. Nope, we're going to do it like this. And the dice were just in our favor that night. So, well. <laughs> if we're going by player, yeah. uh, I, I have a moment that I think my DM hated me. But it, but it was great. It was I, I was a martyr. So, unfortunately, it's going all the way back to second edition. <laughs> you no, know, it was second. My character was a drunk, a pyro, and a flame genocide. Genasi, however you want to pronounce it at the time. And I had a bag of holding. Everybody gets a bag of holding eventually. However, all I kept doing was instead of putting the bottles in the bag of holding, I poured the liquid in the bag of holding. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it was always, what's the most powerful stuff you have? Okay, cool. And then eventually, I was like, how much room do I got? He's like, well, it's a bag of holding. You got plenty. It's liquid. I was like, all right. So then I started taking any small, sharp objects and throwing it into the bag of holding. Oh like God. daggers, breaking any, any armor that was broken. I was like, give it to me. Throw it in. So, <laughs> And I forget who we fought, but it was the big bad. And it was, this is it. This is the end of the campaign. This is all or nothing. The cleric was dead. The rogue was just dropping. I'm sitting here as a mage. And I, I remember how I did it. I, th- I don't think I put my hand in and cast fireball. I, don't, I, think I, did, <laughs> I think I did flaming hands. But I put my hand in the bag. And I was and I was a you know champion of Koseth at the time. And I just ignited it. And my DM's like, not sure how that's how a bag of holding will work 
but it's a compressed negative space object and in an explosion happening it might be weird i was like you do you bro this is what i'm doing <laughs> apparently we blew up the entire temple like it was a nuke it was an like a giant <laughs> bomb that went off and he determined that it was like 200 and something d10 because <laughs> like i like there was just so many gallons of liquid and shrapnel in it and he's like roll i went let's go i i don't even remember that no it was like 1200 it, but it was huge and i think as i did it i cast wish <laughs> uh, it, you know it was just like i forget how i was like magnify it i sacrificed myself in the name of kosef give me your power blah 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 and just and it, it just exploded the whole temple we all died the next characters we created there were songs about us but it was just like we barely fought him and i think that's what it was and i just went nope boom that's such an epic way to go out that's that's how i want my character to die <laughs> And it's funny whenever I make a drunk character now, I was like, can't do that. You already did that. Can't do that. Already did that. <laughs> like Carnegie has all the liquid spirits from the Raven Queen, but he uses them as healing. It's like, no. <laughs> but I, I think that's one of my big moments. Like my favorite character moment, I think by far. But, but once again, there was, there was other things that contributed to it, but it was just the idea of you knew that we weren't supposed to win that fight, but just screw it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go down and taking everyone with me. Yeah. And like, even the DM was just like, I did not think that would happen. And the best part was just, nobody knew that was my plan. And I was just like, yeah, I'm pouring this. Like, cause occasionally I would take it, like I would lift the bag of holding up and just pour it into a cup and be like, what liquids do we get today of the swill? Oh, that's so funny. It's like you thought I was just using it as like a, a floating booze. I was yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, nah, I'm here to ignite this. Like I was like, <laughs> I figured they got the hint after I was just throwing random crap in it. But yeah. Yeah, when you start putting daggers in it, you think they'd be like, that's a really weird drink. Be like, ah, I love you, live dangerously. The iron makes it taste good. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've rambled enough. Did we hit the half hour mark? I don't know. It doesn't matter. So thank you guys for listening. This is another one of our two for episodes, and hopefully you liked it. If you did, let us know. If you didn't, please, please let us know so we don't do it again. But I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed um, you very well as well. <laughs> As always, you can check us out on Instagram. AJ's doing his thing. Twitter, JT is maybe posting things. I never know. I think it's the only one I don't follow. I don't follow either of them because that's their job. The Westmarchguys at gmail.com. Send us your questions. We'll do another questions episode or let us know on Facebook what you think, what you didn't think. We're getting there. We're getting our downloads. I think we're... I'm using downloads as our level. So we're almost level three, if I remember correctly. And I'm trying to decide on what class we're going to be. If you guys let us know... I'll put a poll up. Maybe you can vote. Because once we do, we're going to have to pick a class and a subclass. And that might lead into a future thing. So, Is it for like all of us or each one of us separately? It's the podcast as a whole. Ugh, we're going to get labeled as bards and I'm going to be angry. I, you know, I thought bard, but if we don't want bard, no one tells us. We can pick whatever we want. My my go-to is wizard, but I, whatever. Wizards <laughs> works. I'll take with sorcerers. Sorcerers. Sorcerer. Maybe that's we are full of magic. Magic in our voices. Um, as as always, Snapchat is dead. I am not making it. Don't care. <laughs> I'm still debating an OnlyFans. Give me give me what content you would want us to make, and it might happen. I'm still gonna put it behind a two hundred dollar paywall. Thank you, Bella. But yes, <laughs> perfect. Thank you, guys. As always, stay safe. As always, a pleasure. Wear your mask. <laughs>